Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Creasy, and I'm here with my co-host, Tommy Smith. And today, we're back here with episode 17. Um, kind of crazy to think we're 17 episodes in, but here we are, and we've got a lot of stuff to do with this free agency period right now. Obviously, a lot going on. Um, we did get the news the other day that Kevin Durant has formally requested for a trade out of Brooklyn. Um, that pretty much means Kyrie will not be there either. Um, we've had some trades come up in the past week or so that I think are some pretty big trades. And then we free agency started. We're on like day three of free agency. We're recording this on a on a Saturday right now. So, you know, we've had a lot of free agency signings and there's still some more left to go. And we'll, we plan on covering those as well. But we're just covering what's happened to this point. Um, and some rookie extensions signed as well, and some extensions signed for some players like Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns that we'll talk about as well. But first, we just want to jump straight into it. Obviously, like I said, Kevin Durant has requested a trade. Uh, Tommy, were you, were you like surprised when Kevin Durant asked for the trade? Because I know I was, because when Kyrie opted into the thing, my thoughts were like, you know, they'll just run it back this year. Yeah, I definitely thought the same thing. Like when I saw Kyrie, uh, opted in, I was like, oh, they're going to just run it back for one more year before both of them leave, right? Uh, but no, no, Katie wants out. So that, like you said, likely means that Kyrie's out as well. Yeah, and, you know, it's definitely abnormal with Kevin Durant having four years left on his deal. And I guess to me it just says there's no stability around either Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving. And honestly, the ownership has to blame too. And so – I think for Kevin Durant, you know, the report is out there. Woe just talked about it, that when the Golden State Warriors won it all, it kind of it kind of hit him. Like he was like, you know, I want to win. And so well, I think that's – I guess that's kind of what led to it. And with no stability of Kyrie or Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant wants more stability. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about some potential suitors here um, who I think are logistic suitors or who are legit suitors. And, you know, we'll talk about some ones that really aren't. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to shake the whole league, and a lot of things are definitely on pause because of it. Um, You know, when Woj said that Kevin Durant requested the trade, um, he said that, like, over half the league was calling about Kevin Durant, and honestly, it doesn't surprise me. It's like you're talking about a, at at worst, top 12 to top 15 player of all time. That still that is basically still in his prime, if not at the peak of his career in terms of his on-court play, and he has four years left. There's no player option at the end either. Like that is wild. Yeah. And not what I was expecting the other day. No, and um, you know he did come out and he said that he would like to be on either the Suns or the Heat. Obviously, he has very little control where he ends up, but those two were just kind of like, oh, you know, some teams he'd like to be on. Um, I tend to think the Suns are probably the front runner to get Kevin Durant. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't really see them sending him to the Heat at all. Like, if you send him to the Suns, he's out of your conference. Yeah. Well, the thing about the Heat is that they could not trade Bam Adebayo to Brooklyn unless Ben Simmons is shipped off to a third team. So that's what makes it really hard for the Heat because the Nets aren't going to want Jimmy Butler. The, what the Nets are going to want out of this deal is a young star, like legit star, as well as a lot of draft capital. 
and the Heat don't really have a ton of draft capital, and they also can't trade Bam Adebayo. So I find it really hard to think he finds his way on Miami. Yeah, me as well. Yep. Um, also, obviously, you're going to see people throw out stuff like both L.A. teams. Guys, the Nets aren't going to want Anthony Davis. He's upper 20s, injury prone. Um, and they, don't, they only have two first-round picks. At the same time, the Clippers, we really don't have first-round picks, like maybe one now because of the new year. And the Nets aren't going to want Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Like, that's just not what fits them or what's going to help them in the long term. So, you know, a lot of teams are going to call about him. I've kind of narrowed it down to five real suitors. I had six but I took off the Boston Celtics because of the move that they made yesterday that we'll talk about later. So that kind of took them off the table for me. I really think they're set on building around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Do you agree that the Celtics are probably off after the move yesterday? Oh, yeah. Yep, for sure. Um, so my, my five that I've narrowed it down to are the Toronto Raptors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Phoenix Suns, New Orleans Pelicans, and Portland Trailblazers. Um, so just kind of going into it. I think the Toronto Raptors, uh, they've got a very enticing potential package here. Of, you know, I'm not going to do exact trade scenarios here, but Scotty Barnes, just one rookie of the year, looks like he's going to be like a 10-time All-Star, an All-NBA guy. You know, definitely looks like a special player. Still super young. Toronto has a lot of draft capital. And then they could also include Gary Trent Jr. in the deal, which, again, another very enticing young piece on a long-term deal. And then they could kind of – they just extended Thaddeus Young so he could be in there for some salary filler to match it. Um, this would leave Toronto with – they could have Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam, um, as well as Chris Boucher, and they just picked up Otto Porter Jr. in free agency. You know, maybe if they could hold Precious Achua out of that deal, they would have him. Um, I, I'm all for it. If I'm Toronto, what about you? I am too. I think that like having KD on that team could elevate Pascal Siakam to. Uh, I mean, he's already good, but a player that just reaches a different level, you know? Yeah, I mean, Pascal was just all NBA, and we saw how Pascal was as a number two for Kawhi Leonard. Like, like you've seen it before. It's amazing. So, like. And, you know, I, I, I'm definitely and, – and I'll just go ahead and say this about all the players on these teams that I'm going to mention whenever I talk about trading for Kevin Durant. Yes, Scotty Barnes is amazing. You guys know how high I'm on Scotty Barnes if you've listened to our podcast. Um, but there's a very, 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 very minimal chance that anyone turns into Kevin Durant one day. And you're also – Pascal is not necessarily on the super young part of his career – Fred, Fred Van Vliet is not on the super young part of his career. Boucher is not necessarily super, super young either. I mean, he's like, they're younger. They're like, they're not old by any means, but they're not like 21, 22 years old. And so I, I think it's now, man. Kevin Durant has four years. I just feel like that's the way to go. Toronto has slid up in the betting odds and they've been calling about Kevin Durant. So I'll be interested in seeing how that one goes. Another legit suitor, in my opinion, is the Cavs. And this is pretty much if they're willing to give up Evan Mobley. I don't think they are, but they've also not just kind of came out and said we're not giving up Evan Mobley. You could have a big three at that point of Kevin Durant, Darius Garland, and Jared Allen. 
And really, Evan Mobley is kind of like a good enough piece and maybe something else with a bunch of draft capital to get Kevin Durant. They could throw in Kevin Love's deal to match salaries. I, again, I, now for Cleveland, I definitely think it would be more enticing to probably keep Mobley just because of how young everybody else is. What do you think about that deal, potentially? I mean, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Because you got that young core. You, I, I think you you stick with it. You don't you don't bust it up before it's too too late. But Kevin Durant is so special. So it, it, it makes it really hard. I, I agree it's a tough decision. But also, kind of what you're getting to, I agree. Like, I think for them, they're a lot more younger than Toronto is in a sense. So I would be more willing and more inclined to keep Mobley in that scenario. Um. The one for the Phoenix Suns, they're my front runner. Um, this would be a DeAndre Ayton sign and trade. Probably more than likely Mikael Bridges. I think he think he has to be in there. Cam Johnson would maybe probably have to be in that deal too. I'm not sure. It just depends. And it would take just a draft haul. Um, I think Phoenix should pull the trigger on that if it's a possibility. I think it's a really good offer for Brooklyn. Like I think. Don't get me wrong, I've been on Aiton at times. I also think he's kind of became underrated to the masses. I mean, we're talking about like a we're talking about like a 21-year-old player or something along that age that has only gotten better every year and is close to like an all-star type talent. I mean, he keeps improving offensively and we see some improvements defensively, like and then Mikel Bridges being a good piece. Obviously, they're some of the deals I'm I've said would be better deals, but I think if this is available, you have to really consider it. If you're broke. Yep. Yep, for sure. And I mean, I'm going to give my honest opinion and then I'm going to give my selfish opinion. Okay. So my honest opinion, I think this is a good, good trade for both teams. You end up with, I mean, you end up getting, I mean, Suns get a world better. And then um, Brooklyn, you get that young star to build around. Yeah. Selfishly, selfishly, I would, I would like to see Aiden on the Hawks. I don't know if we could do it, but I would love to see that. I I think you could do it, um, and obviously we don't have like an Aiden segment on this podcast, and we'll talk about him as soon as we figure out what happens. But um, I do think that the Hawks would like Aiden. I think they're definitely in on that, and they're trying to talk about it. But it's just really tough decisions for the Suns right now because there's so many possibilities like Indiana, Brooklyn, Atlanta, just keeping him. Like there's just a lot of possibilities, and – I think they're going to really weigh their options, so we'll see. Um, I think that the Hawks, if they would have known Kevin Durant, and we'll get to their trade in a minute, if they would have known Kevin Durant was available, I think they would have waited and tried to see if they could have gotten him. Yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, and then this is who I think has the best offer I just don't think that they're probably going to get in on it much. There's been no talk about it. And it's the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, you're talking about a deal centered around Brandon Ingram, who is still very young, just had an incredible year. You saw him in the playoffs. He, I think he's a Pelicans franchise player, honestly. Um, but that, that and they have, they have the most draft capital out of anyone that's a legit suitor. They have all their picks for the most part. And they have Lakers picks as well. Um, I think, I think if I'm both sides, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But I know that the Pelicans are very high on Brandon Ingram, 
Okay, I won't. I won't say that necessarily. I get it. I understand actually. Honestly, if the Pelicans would hold off because they want to keep Brandon Ingram because of how young the core is, but I do think that they go up another level and are honestly a championship contender if Zion is healthy. If they replace Brandon Ingram with Kevin Durant, yeah, that that would instantly become probably one of the most deadly squads in the league. There's still guard depth. You have C.J. McCollum. You'd have Kevin Durant, Zion Williamson. Got to think Valanciunas is still there. Don't think he would be in that deal. Um, you got pieces like, you know, I don't know who would be included, but you could have still two or three out of the guys of like Jackson Hayes, Trey Murphy, Alvarado, Dyson Daniels. Like you'd still have some of those guys. You wouldn't have all of them, but you'd still have that with the core. So, yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. Like it's tough decisions for these front offices, man. And then my, my last one is the Portland Trailblazers. And they just gave Simons the four-year, $100 million contract in restricted free agency. I don't, I don't know if they turned that into an extension or if it was like a contract that's contract that have to wait before they can do it. Either way, I should have looked at the details. My bad. But, um, but yeah, Simons and Shaden Sharp and – I think they'd probably have to come up with a little more filler in there somewhere. So just filler and then just a draft hall. So Simons, Sharp, draft hall, Kevin Durant. Um, honestly, that one depends on how Brooklyn views Simons and Sharp. I'd probably be hesitant if I was Brooklyn in that scenario. But I don't know. Like, I, that's a, it's a solid offer. I, it really just depends on how you feel on those two. How do you feel about it? See, I, for me, I feel like this one is the, the most fun to play with because we don't really know what Simons would do, you know, with his own team. We saw a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. And just put putting KD with uh, Dame, that'd be easily the most fun duo to watch in the league. I I'd, I'd probably agree with you. I mean, I have to really look. But they would be a lot of fun. And, you know, that, that team at that point, with uh, Dame, KD, Jeremy Grant. They just re-signed Nurkic. Um, you know, they brought on Gary Payton. Or they have Josh Hart. Like, squad. That's a squad. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, I think they need to entertain it. But it'll be interesting to see the KD stuff. You know, some people have talked about the Jazz. Uh, it's another situation where Donovan Mitchell can't be traded to Brooklyn if Ben Simmons is there. And I know people are like, oh, we'll three-team it. It's not that simple, okay? Have fun trying to trade Ben Simmons right now. Like, like, please be my guest if you think that you could trade Ben Simmons right now and get something decent back. Like, no team is probably going to even entertain the thought of Ben Simmons right now. So, get out, get it. People need to get it out of their head. Is it a possibility? Sure, maybe a small one. But people need to just quit thinking of the possibility of like, oh, well, why don't they just three-team it? Because it's not easy. It is not easy. Um, you know, going. That's to why we see so few. What? That's why we see so few three three team trades. Exactly. Like it's not like three team trades just happen all the time, and a lot of times, it's because it's so that somebody can just kind of take on salary so they get a draft pick. Like it's really not like three teams are all improving in a three team trade. <laughs> like very very rare. Um. You know, the the Kyrie portion of this is going to be pretty quick, in my opinion. 
<laughs> um, there is obviously not much interest for him. Um, and I don't blame teams for not being interested. In a perfect world, the thought of adding Kyrie Irving to your team is awesome. It's incredible. Like, I, it, like think about the teams right now that if they added Kyrie Irving on their team, what their ceiling could be. If, in a perfect world, he's there all the time, you know, you could lock him in long term. And you have it. Like, it's, it's awesome. Like, the amount of possibilities. But oh, yeah. the problem is, is he's a complete wild card. He barely – I don't even know if he did play in half the games while he was in Brooklyn over the course of three years. It was close. It was, like, right at 50, I think, maybe. And he's on a one-year deal. And honestly, with what all he's done at this point, it doesn't even matter if he tells you in a meeting, yeah, I'm going to sign long term. You still have no idea if he's going to be there. Like, so the value for Kyrie is virtually nothing, in my opinion. Obviously, you'd have to give something to get him, but wouldn't be much. And my three suitors have came down to the Lakers, the Heat, and the Mavericks. Now, if you ask me right now, where do I think he'll end up? My answer, honestly, is the Los Angeles Lakers. But that is just, that is just kind of me thinking that KD would go to the field over the Suns, like because I favor that KD is going to go to the Suns, but you all you always take the field over one team, okay? Yeah. So, because the thing is, is that if Kevin Durant gets traded to Phoenix, and there's a sign and trade for DeAndre Ayton to come back to the Nets, the Nets are hard capped. Well, if they're hard capped, they would they they can't. Like, they can't do that or whatever. So they would have to find a way to get off some salary. Well, they couldn't do the Laker thing at that point because Russell Westbrook makes, like, $10 million more than Kyrie. So that would just be bringing on even more money. So if they do that, then, yeah, I'm taking away. Like, Lakers not my front runner to get him. And that would just – that deal would be Russell Westbrook, Kyrie, and a first or two. I don't know if it would take one or two, but they have two available. Um. That seems like the most likely scenario, in my opinion, but we'll see. What do you think about that? I mean, I think, and I think that's the most realistic, and I think if we do see Kyrie gone, this is what we see. Yeah, and, you know, in theory, would LeBron, AD, and Kyrie be the best big three in the league? Of course. Like, yeah. But the depth is so bad, like so bad. And, yeah. and at the same time, Good luck having Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron, although he's very durable, has shown that he's, you know, he's still a superhuman, but, like, he started to see some injuries more in the past few years. And so good luck having all three of those guys, like, healthy and playing. Yeah. Um, So, you know, even with – Lackluster depth, I think if they found a few guys that plugged well, yeah, the three of them probably could win a title. But considering how much could go wrong for that team and the lack of depth, I would not even bet on it at all. Um, no. No, I think it's still worth it, though, if you're the Lakers, if that's available to you. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean – got to do it. Like, clearly worth you gotta it. got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next team, I'm gonna, I'll probably do them in order of where I think he could land. I'd say the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I don't think they had any interest in Kyrie at all before the Brunson stuff. But with Brunson out now, I, I think they have to get a little desperate here with Kyrie. And, you know, it would look something along the lines of like, I mean, look at it this way. 
they lost Brunson, yes, but they will get Tim Hardaway Jr. back, and they could do a package of like the two players that they got out of the Washington deal with Porzingis. So, so Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. That basically identically matches Kyrie's deal, and obviously they could attach like a first to it or something, like a first or two. They've got a bunch of picks. They could put a first or two on it. Probably have to be two because those guys are both on longer-term contracts. But you could trade two firsts, two future firsts, and get those off the board, bring on Kyrie. You're essentially, you're essentially replacing Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie with Kyrie Irving and Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know why Dallas wouldn't be motivated to do that. I mean, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? You might lose him next year. Uh-huh. That honestly isn't that bad because you actually free up some space because financially, because you go from two guys who, who had like $18 million deals that were on longer term deals to a guy that was 36 million. And then it would completely be off your books. So you take a one year swing, maybe it works and he would sign long-term. It would at least be good for this next year. And then even if he leaves, you're down a pick or two, but you just freed up a lot of money. I mean, I think yeah. it's, I think I think it's totally worth it for Dallas. And I mean, hundred percent agree. Net, the Nets, if you could get a first or two out of it without having to bring on a huge salary, yeah, I don't see why not. Like, and then my last thing was the Heat, and you know, this would probably be like attaching. I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't do it if I was Miami. But if all these other teams keep in the East, keep improving like they are right now, Miami can't stay as they are or else they're going to be completely left behind. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the package could go a multitude of ways, but it wouldn't be anything crazy. So that's why I think they kind of need to pursue it if they, if they aren't making any moves. That's my, that's my take on it. Yeah, just to keep. Yeah, just to have to keep up. Keep up yeah. I mean, would it be good to keep this Heat team all locked in? Yeah, it'd be cool. This Heat team is in no world after the improvements we've seen in free agency so far. Better than the Bucks, the Celtics, the Seventy Sixers, and and we'll talk more about it. But the Hawks have more to do, and and I don't know if certain if certain improvements are made. If I would label the Miami Heat better than the Atlanta Hawks. Completely, 100%. So it'll be fun to see how all this KD Kyrie stuff unfolds. Um, We obviously have some trades to get to now that we've seen happen. Speaking of the Atlanta Hawks, first one we have made a few days ago. The Hawks, great, great, great trade. Great trade, tried, great trade for both ends, in my opinion. But the Hawks got DeJounte Murray and the Spurs got Danilo Gallinari, who they bought out. And then they got a 2023. Charlotte lottery protected pick. Um, and then they got a 2025 first from Atlanta, a 2026 pick swap in the first round, and a 2027 first round pick. And those picks are unprotected. Um, I, I really liked it for both sides, man. DeJounte Murray is going to be a great pairing with Trey Young. I, I don't understand this like skepticism of it. Um, you give it, you give a Trey another guy to take some ball handling responsibilities, another shot creator. They didn't have another legit shot creator. 
He also drastically improves his team's perimeter defense. And, I mean, I, I just think they're going to work well off each other. I know the question is like, oh, can Trey Young play off the ball? Like, yeah, I think he can. He just hasn't been able to to this point, really. How did you as a Hawks fan feel about the deal? Dude, I loved it. I loved it. Like, if there was a player – you uh, no, like, if there was a guard you could put next to Trey Young and it'd be, like, the perfect pairing, yeah. this is honestly what I think that it would would be. Um, truly. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love Murray. You heard, you heard me talk about it probably in, like, episode three. I, I love the guy. Um, and now that he's on the Hawks, oh, oh, I love him even more. I'm going to have a jersey by next season. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we're going to go catch a game next season. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I just really liked it. I also liked it for the Spurs. You know, they're definitely – you know, DeJounte talked about it in his press conference. This, this, it wasn't like he went and requested a trade. The Spurs were in a position where they know they're not really competing right now. And they've got a lot of really nice young pieces. And DeJounte Murray is really a complete level above all those pieces in the sense of, like, how ready he is. Like, he's ready to play for a contending team. And so they respected that. And so they were like, you know, we think, we think you're good enough. You don't really fit what our team is right now. So we're going to trade you and get some draft capital out of it. And, I, you know, the Spurs are tanking. They're going to get in on the Victor Wimbanyana sweepstakes. That, that's the best prospect I've seen in my lifetime. Um, I'm I'm actually in the process of watching more and more film of him, um, and I, he's a freak. He's a yeah. Freak. For that kid, it took one highlight tape for me to be like, "Wow." <laughs> I, I plan on watching uh, all of his games this next season, um, like on rewatches and stuff. So I'm very excited. Um, so I liked it for both sides. The Hawks also made another deal. Um, yesterday where they traded Kevin Herter to the Kings and ended up with Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a Kings 2024 lottery protected first round pick. Um, I think that the Hawks have something in the works and that's why they did this. Uh, the, the guard depth also goes down with DeJounte Murray there now. So there's not as much minutes for like Herter and Bogey. Like it kind of goes down to one of those guys will get a lot of the minutes. So um, I also think the Hawks have another move up their sleeve, so I think this pick could be included in another deal. Um, so I completely understood it. I actually liked it for the Kings. I mean, you get another floor spacer and kind of like a kind of like a tertiary shot creator. I, I liked it. And, you know, the Kings also picked up Malik Monk in free agency on a two-year $19 million deal. They've added more shooting. I, I like what the Kings have done. I liked it for the Hawks because they got another move. If the Hawks don't make another move, I'm kind of skept- skeptical of that one. But the Hawks did also add Aaron Holiday in free agency. The Hawks have just drastically improved defensively. The Kings have added more shooting. And then, like we talked about with the Kings, I mean, with the Spurs, it's just a rebuild and it's the victory sweepstakes. Got a lot of draft capital. What, what did you think about the move for the Kings and the Hawks both, honestly? I mean, I, mean, I love the move for the Kings. I think uh, the, the red uh, KH, I don't even know what his nickname is. Oh, no, Kayvon. Kayvon is his nickname. <laughs> Uh, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be pretty good for the Kings and it just it feels good watching your team play chess you know yeah you see the game unfolding and you see everything happening and I haven't really felt like this before so feels good seeing your team play, play chess you you know what my nickname for Herder is right what is it so I I, I swear to you 
and then you're gonna know what it, you're gonna know what it is after I say it because I tweeted it before and we went we went to games before, but um, but uh, I, I swear to you I did not get this anywhere, the Red Velvet Reaper. Oh oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Herder. I got I got a I got a jersey of Herder. Um, oh yeah. But so I I thought it was a good move. I thought I think the Hawks are making good moves. I like the move for the Spurs, and I think the Kings are doing some nice things as well. Um, the next trade, this one really, really caught me off guard. The Minnesota Timberwolves acquired Rudy Gobert in a trade where they sent Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, and five first-round picks to the Utah Jazz. What were your initial thoughts when you saw this trade? Well, everyone knows how I feel about Rudy Gobert um, <laughs> by this point. Um, so I was like, I was really, really shocked that they just gave up that much for Rudy Gobert. Uh, and I don't know if the news for that KD wanted a trade was already out, but if there was something you could trade for him, it's all that right there. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I was I was just really surprised. Um, I think it was. I mean, I think he could find or he'll show me a little bit more. Rudy will. Um, so maybe my thoughts will change on him. So I, I mean, I like I like it for both teams. Love it. And, and you see, really, the Jazz what what, they, what they're about to do. They're either going to rebuild over uh, or with uh, Donovan, or they're blowing it up. So here, obviously, some things have happened. I wanted to process this one. The Jazz, Danny Ainge knows what he's doing. Yeah. And the core that he had was not going to win a championship. And so he just got an insane package. Utah is also apparently in the Donovan Mitch or the the DeAndre Ayton sweepstakes right now. Um, if they get him, I like it. I think Don Mitchell is there. They've got some ways to improve the roster overall after this haul he just got and some nice role players he just got with the role players Utah already has as well. If they don't get Aiton, I think Ainge and Donovan Mitchell will kind of agree, hey, we'll find you a new home. Um, yeah. Because I think it'll be mutual. You know, like I don't think Danny Ainge would sit there with Donovan Mitchell at peak value when this team is not going to compete at all, probably not even make the playoffs as currently constructed. So I think there'd be an agreement there. Now, getting away from the Jazz, Danny Ainge has a vision. I trust him because he's literally what – he's the reason the Celtics have the roster they do right now. Okay. Now, when the trade initially happened, I thought immediately. I saw Danny Ainge's vision, so I was cool with it for Utah. And I, there's no way I would turn down that much draft capital. Um, I think Rudy Gobert is good for this team. I think I think they get better. I think they definitely improve next year. But the West gets better next year, and there's no guarantee to win a first round playoff series next year. Even though you got better, and you took Memphis to six already. I just think that the haul they gave up was way too much. I. Walker Kessler just got drafted 22nd. And they get so they essentially just gave up six first round picks for Rudy Gobert. 
I just think it's way too much, and this team has a clear ceiling. I think they're going to look back on this and kind of say that was not worth it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. They're obviously they've obviously been wanting to move Cat to the four, and this gives them the five man that can move Cat to the four. Um, I, like I said, I just think it's too much. I, I mean, you tell me if you think other if you think otherwise, but unless Anthony Edwards takes some monster leap, this team is not even close to teams like the Clippers. The Nuggets at full strength, the Suns if they stay as they are or if they do end up with Kevin Durant, um, the Golden State Warriors. It, like, I just can't I, – I don't have them in that tier at all. Or the Grizzlies as well. I, obviously, guys, in case you didn't know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is getting surgery. He had a uh, stress fracture in one of his feet, I think. So he's out for four to six months. So – I'll, I'm hesitant to talk about them next year, but I mean them at full strength. Yeah, they're not on that level either. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they are probably in that group range, but but the other four, no. I mean, not even close. And they just made a deal where they sacrificed a lot of future now. Luckily for them, I will say Anthony Edwards is going to be there for a long time, and Cat also just signed a four-year extension. So in most, for the most part, those picks aren't going to be anything that are good, or at least like really good, like in the lottery. And the 2029, which is the latest pick, is top five protected. Now that would suck for them if it ended up like seventh or eighth. But I just, I think it's too much. But ultimate thoughts, I think it's too much. Um, yeah, like definitely. Like with the Jazz, the Jazz, because they made a deal for Royce O'Neal as well and got a 2023 first-round pick. I think it's Philly's pick that was deferred. Um, the Jazz now have six first-round picks from other teams that they just required, that they just acquired in the past few days. Um, like, yeah, like we've hinted on, I love what they're doing. The T-Wolves did just sign, like I said, Cat on a four-year, $224 million extension. They also picked up Kyle Anderson on a two-year, $18 million deal. I thought that was a great pickup. Um, and then they picked up Bryn Forbes, uh, like last night too. So, you know, I, I like the T-Wolves roster. I think they've gotten better, but as I alluded to, I just, I don't think that they're on that upper echelon level. Damn. Now, next trade to discuss, we have the Denver Nuggets and the Washington Wizards. This one kind of threw me off. Wasn't really expecting it, but I liked it a lot for Denver. I'll go ahead and tell you up front. The Nuggets got Kentavious Caldwell-Pope and Ish Smith in a trade where they shipped out Monty Morris and Will Barton. Now, Monty Morris has been great for Denver. He was great all last year, especially stepping into that starting role with Jamal Murray being out. But now you look at it this way. Jamal Murray is going to be back. He's good to go. Hopefully, Michael Porter Jr. is all good to go. He's back. You just got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who is a 40% three-point shooter and is really good defensively out on the perimeter. And that's kind of what they've been missing as a two-guard in Denver, uh, just a guy that is a 3-and-D wing. Um, you know, Monty Morris, although he's great for Denver, they needed that more, and Jamal Murray's going to be playing 30-plus minutes a game starting at point guard. 
they can figure out something at backup point guard whenever they can get this good of an improvement at the two. Um, I did not like this for the Wizards. I won't say that because they didn't necessarily give up anything of crazy value. But actually, yeah, I mean, it's a solid trade for the Wizards since they didn't really give up anything of crazy value. They get a point guard, but I just don't think that they're a contending team or anything. Or I think their ceiling is probably like a play-in team. Um, yeah. Yep. So, I was about to say, I agree. I think it was good for both teams. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of retract from what I said. It it wasn't like it was bad for the Wizards. But, yeah. Um, I mean, they got – yeah, they got better. And, you know, the Nuggets going forward, they they did – they signed Jokic to the biggest contract in NBA history off an extension, a five-year, $270 million extension. Uh, if he opts into the last year of his deal, he will make $60 million in that la- in that final season. Good goodness. <laughs> um, Bruce, they, they just signed Bruce Brown to a two-year, $13 million deal. Uh, real quick, I just want to throw in a tidbit here. Joe Sy and Sean Marks kind of came out whenever they were talking about Kyrie Irving and they were like, we only want guys that want to be here. Uh, bad look for you all because Bruce Brown – said that they didn't even offer him anything. So clearly you don't because Bruce Brown showed up to every game and played his tail off every night for the Brooklyn Nets. So yep. he lo- I mean you could tell he loved the Nets. Yeah, so bad look on their part. Glad he got some money in Denver. He'll help them a lot. They also kept Devon Reed on a two year deal. They also this was probably the like funniest thing to me. Like I actually like genuinely started laughing whenever this happened. One of the very first free agency signings once 6 o'clock Eastern time hit on Thursday was DeAndre Jordan to the Nuggets. (laughs) I mean, I guess they get a backup center, but he's not very good. He's way past his days. I just thought it was funny that they were, like, that quick to get him. Um, But they they definitely improved, man. I mean, they they did well in the draft uh, getting Christian Brown. And, you know, maybe the Peyton Watson kid, maybe he pans out, athletic defender. And then they just got KCP. They got Bruce Brown. I love what Denver's doing. At full strength, they're as good as anybody in the West. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I mean, they're my favorite. I'm just – I need to hear more about Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Um. Obviously, they have Aaron Gordon as well, just a really well-rounded team. Um, the Wizards, after the Monty Morris thing, I will say the Wizards are, are a deep team now, in my opinion. I, I do think they are deep, but I just don't think that they have the pieces to be, like, really good. Um, yeah. They just signed Bradley Beal to a five-year, $251 million Supermax, and then they picked up Anthony Gill on a two-year deal and signed DeLon Wright on a two-year deal. Um, I guess they got better in a sense, but like this team's in purgatory right now. They have zero direction and they just missed out on getting value out of Bradley Beal because what's going to happen, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, and I'm 99% confident this is going to happen. They're not going to win anything. Then Bradley Beal is going to request the trade that everyone's wanted him to do for like four years now. And his value is not going to be as high because He's going to be a good player, but he may not even be – he might be an all-star. I'm not saying he won't be, but he may not even be an all-star, and he's going to be making $50 million. 
So the Wizards have completely missed out on the perfect opportunity to get value, to get the best value out of Bradley Beal, and this team's going to be in purgatory. It's a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I won't call it a disaster because they're not, like, fuming, but they have no direction and they're not accomplishing anything. Because they're too no. good. They're, they're too good. They're too good to get a good pick. And they're too bad to ever even be a serious contender at all. That's the worst spot you can be in the NBA. Right. Yeah, but unless we see something we haven't ever – that we haven't seen, then, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then the final trade that we're going to discuss before we just kind of talk about some other miscellaneous free agency signings uh, to wrap it up is the Boston Celtics made a move that came out of nowhere to me yesterday, acquiring Malcolm Brogdon, where they sent off Aaron Neesmith, Daniel Tice, Malik Fitz, Nick Stauskas, Juwan Morgan, and their draft pick next year. Um, If this was all it took for Brogdon, then I'm kind of disappointed that other teams didn't go try to get him. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I guess that just shows the interest level for him. I guess a lot of teams are already kind of loaded at guard that have, like, contenders. But great pickup for the Boston Celtics. They've just gotten even better. Um, You know, the Pacers do get a first-round pick out of it, and I do think that there's some potential in Aaron Neesmith. And they also are planning on flipping Tice. Maybe they could get some seconds or something out of Tice. So – you know, I mean, it's not like a bad move for the Blazers. I mean, for the Pacers. Uh, if that's all they were getting and they got it, then cool. I mean, they got a first-round pick in Aaron Neesman. Um, Celtics drastically improve at the guard spot. Uh, there's talk about him coming off the bench. I think their best lineup is going to end up being Brogdon, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Rob. But, I mean, I guess he plays 30 minutes off the bench. It's not that big of a deal. And how do you feel about that? I mean, I like it. It's just what the, I mean. It's just what the Celtics needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. True. True point. So, so I think they got a whole lot better than they already were. The finals team. Golly, East is East is getting a little bit scary. Yeah, and I mean the Celtics picked up Danilo Gallinari on the mid-level exception right after he got bought out. Um. They've they've improved a lot, and this was a team that was just in the finals and really was in position. They were up 2-1 and could have taken game four to go up 3-1. So, I mean, this is a legit championship team that that just got better. You, you can never complain or not be excited if you're a team that does that. Um, the Pacers also uh, got Jalen Smith back on a two-year deal. I think he's going to be good for them in the long run. Uh, trading Brogdon also completely frees things up for Tyrese Halliburton. I special season coming for this for this guy. Um we've never gotten a full season of just seeing Tyrese Halliburton have the keys. So that's gonna be really fun. Um the Pacers are also per woes supposed to be trying to ship uh Miles Turner right now. So it's a complete rebuild. Um yeah. But I liked it for both teams. Celtics, probably the favorites out of the East next year. Agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As constructed for all the teams. As constructed for all the teams. You know, just championship team, they got a lot better. So, they're my favorite out the East right now. Um, I'm not counting Milwaukee out. Milwaukee's just as good. But 
Yeah. Um, now just kind of wrapping things up with some free agency signings. We did see some guys with some rookie max extensions. Um, Zion Williamson, Darius Garland, and John Morant have all received five-year, $193 million max rookie extensions. And depending on if they make All-NBA or not, they can all end up making $231 million over the course of the five years. I w- I'm going to ask you, do you think all three were deserving? I'm going to go. I mean, I'm going to say yes because you never know what's going to happen. I, I totally was behind Ja and Darius Garland getting it. And at first I wasn't behind Zion getting it, but apparently they're working out a bunch of like stuff within the contract. So like he's going to have to earn it in a sense. Like there's probably going to be something about games played or stuff that's guaranteed or not guaranteed and other things like that. And as long as it's constructed well, I'm perfectly fine with it because we've seen what he's capable of whenever he's healthy. So if there are things like that, then obviously if he's healthy, you're going to get what the contract's worth. And if he's not healthy and isn't playing, you're going to get the money back. So I do agree with it since it's, since they're doing all that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, you know, huge payday for those guys, deserving in the sense of what we just discussed. Um, you know, just some highlights here. And just going over some teams briefly, the Clippers got John Wall on a two-year mid-level exception, re-signed Nick Batum on a two-year $22 million deal, and re-signed Amir Coffey on a three-year three-year million-dollar deal. $11 million, $11 million deal, Lord. Um, so they got those They got those three. I just think it's the best roster in basketball, and they're looking to compete for a title next year. Good pickup. Yep, very deep team. Very, very deep team. And now they got John Wall, too. Jeez. Yeah, um, the Suns, you know, it's mentioned it earlier, but just re-signed Devin Booker on a four-year, $224 million extension. They've also picked up Damian Lee, and they've re-signed Bismack Biombo. Still a lot to wait on for the Phoenix Suns. Um, the New York Knicks signed Jalen Brunson to a four-year, $104 million deal. They re-signed Mitchell Robinson to a four-year, $60 million deal. Fun fact. Mitchell Robinson is the first player that the Knicks have drafted that signed a second contract with the team in, like, I think it's, like, 25 years. I did not know. That is crazy. (laughs) It's, like, something like that. Like, it's, like, a long time. And then they picked up Isaiah Hartenstein on a two-year, $16 million deal. Um, I like what the Knicks are doing. I really do. Um, Brunson might have been a slight overpay. But they've also not had a good point guard in my whole lifetime, probably. And so they get a, a really good one here. And Mitchell Robinson, solid contract, $15 million a year, nothing crazy, especially for what he brings. Um, and Hardenstein would be a great backup center. Yeah. Yep. Um, Miami Heat, still waiting on to see if they do some things. They re-signed Victor Oladipo in a one-year $11 million deal. And they re-signed Dwayne Dedman to two-year, $9 million deal. Like we said, we've talked about the Heat. They're going to have to show up and do some things. Um, Philadelphia 76ers, they got P.J. Tucker on a three-year, $33 million deal. Daniel House on a two-year deal. And Trevlin Queen on a two-year deal. I think the Sixers are having a great offseason right now. They're actually discussing with James Harden right now and over this weekend about how they're going to structure his multi-year deal there. 
I think they're definitely a winner of the offseason right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and especially with uh, James re- uh, re- reconstructing that deal, too. Yeah. That was a big time. Just getting flexibility. There, there may even be another move for the Sixers. We'll wait and see, but love what they're doing, getting more shooting. They were not a very deep team last year, and now they are a deep team. Um, and Queen, for those of you that don't know, was just the G League MVP and is a bucket getter and a really good space shooter. Um, fun fact, P.J. Tucker – I mean, not P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, when he played with James Harden on the Rockets, shot 40% from three off of James Harden passes. I love what they're doing. He was good for Utah last year, too. I love what, I love what Philadelphia is doing. Um, we've touched on a lot of things for the Blazers already. They, you know, they got Simons on the four-year $100 million deal, got Nurkic on the four-year $70 million deal, signed Gary Payton to a three-year $28 million deal, and then they re-signed Drew Eubanks to a one-year deal, too. Um, the Blazers can go a multitude of directions, so I like what they've done. They've got good pieces. They're structured well where – they can make a move to be a contender. They can also trade Dame and blow it up and be in a good spot for a rebuild. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I like what the Blazers have done because they've given themselves flexibility either way. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, Bobby Portis opted out of his like contract. I don't remember what it was, and they maintained him on a four-year, $49 million deal. They picked up Joe Ingles on a mid-level exception, which I thought was really good. And then they retained both Wes Matthews and Javon Carter. Guys, it, it's pretty self-explanatory. Milwaukee Bucks at full strength are as good as anyone in the league. Oh, yeah. I wish we would have got to see that full roster compete last year. Yeah. I just wanted to see what would happen. Grizzlies, nothing crazy. I mean, this was huge for them to keep Tyus Jones, but they haven't made a lot of moves. But Tyus Jones, two-year, $30 million deal. Amazing that they've kept him. Um, that's going to pay off. Gives him flexibility in the sense that he's the best backup point guard in the league. And if John Morant gets hurt or anything, they're, you saw what they did last year in games he didn't play in. They can stay afloat. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers have picked up Damian Jones, who I think may fit well with them. Solid passing big man. Um, they got Lonnie Walker on the mid-level exception. We'll see how that goes. I think it's a good pickup for the value, but I don't know how he'll be alongside what they need. Um, Troy Brown Jr. on a vet minimum and Juan Scott Anderson on a vet minimum. It's better than last year in the sense that it'll be young guys that play hard, but, again, there's a reason these guys are veteran minimum players. It's the same deal as last year. Yeah. Um, the Raptors – Resigned Chris Boucher on a three-year, $35 million deal. Um, they did pick up Otto Porter Jr., which is a great pickup, in my opinion, for the national depth, more shooting, length, and defensive versatility. And they extended Thaddeus Young for a two-year, $16 million deal. Obviously, we've talked about Toronto. They're set up well for either direction as well. Playoff team uh, that's going to compete with anybody as currently constructed. And if they get in on KD, they might be the favorites. Um, the Thunder, since July 1st hit, they do not have the max slot anymore because Shea Gildas-Alexander's contract kicked in his max rookie extension. They did extend – they signed Lou Dort to a five-year, $87.5 million deal, more than deserved. And they also brought Muscala back. Obviously, we've raved about the Thunder before. Their core is amazing. 
Um, I mean, I, I know you agree with me there. No, yeah, I definitely, yeah. I think it was big that they, get, that they kept Dort. Um, the Nets have actually given Patty Mills a two-year, $14.5 million deal, and they signed Claxton to a two-year, $20 million deal. I, I think the Claxton deal is gross. Yeah, I, I do too. I don't know. <laughs> $10 million. I don't think they kept Patty, but like. $10 million for Claxton is disgusting to me. Yeah. But it is what it is. They're, they're a mess right now. We've talked plenty about the Nets. The Rockets, nothing crazy. We know their direction. But they did keep uh, Jay Sean Tate on a three-year, $22 million deal. Um, the Mavericks picked up JaVale McGee on a three-year, $20 million deal. I think it's a solid pickup. Uh, we've talked about the Mavs, though. They're going to have to make an improvement with a shot creator somewhere. Um, yeah. The Orlando Magic were actually able to keep Mo Bamba on a two-year, $21 million deal. Uh, I think that was good for them. They extended Gary Harris on a two-year, $26 million deal. I think it's good because I think he's a great vet for the team. But if they do want to trade him eventually, since they've extended him, they, do, they can trade him. So if it, would, if, if, it would, if it wouldn't have been an extension, they couldn't have traded him for a while. But since it is an extension, they can trade him. So they still have flexibility there. Um, and then they signed Bol Bol to a two-year deal. I'm convinced that dude's never going to play. Um, <laughs> but we know, we know the Magic's direction. Rebuilding team, a lot of promise. think they've had a good, a good offseason. Um, the Pistons, you guys know that we love their direction. We've talked about the Pistons a lot. But they, they were able to keep uh, Marvin Bagley on a three-year, $37 million deal. And then they signed Kevin Knox. They took a swing on Kevin Knox for a two-year, $6 million deal. I'm a big fan of the Pistons' direction. You? Uh, I like where they're going. They're, they're going to be special in the future. Yeah. And then for sure. there was a lot of speculation on Miles Bridges going to the Pistons. Guys, we won't speak much on it, but Miles Bridges probably won't have a – he probably – I would say I'll I'll go as far as say I don't think Miles Bridges will be on an NBA roster next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, off of what he did, I, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, I we both think it's terrible what he did, but we're not going to talk about it too much. It's not our it's not our it's not our position to talk about it. But I I, would, I just think it's fair to say that he won't be on a roster next year. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why the Pistons went ahead and used that cap space. If this was a month ago and Miles Bridges was going into free agency and we're all thinking he's going to be a good player, I think he might have very well could have ended up on the Pistons. But not, not after what all he's done. Um, and then just three more teams. The Bulls ended up signing Zach Levine on a five-year, $215 million deal. Uh, I think it's an overpay. I don't think he's one of those guys. But they had to give it to him, you know? Like, yeah. we can't afford to lose Zach Levine in the position that they're at. So, is he worth that money? No. In my opinion, no. Did they have to give it to him, and do I see why they gave it to him? Of course. Great. Um, and then they got Andre Drummond on a two-year, $6.6 million deal. Great backup center to have. And then they re-signed Derek Jones Jr. to a two-year, $6.6 million deal. Um, he's just kind of like an insurance forward. Um. And then the Cavs gave Rubio a three-year, $18 million. Oh, also, I want to speak some more about the Bulls. They're another team that's in purgatory, in my opinion. Do you agree? I agree with you. Yep. Yeah. I, 
they were a team that was looking for Gobert, didn't get him. They're in purgatory, man. They got to do yeah. something. Uh, Cavs signed Rubio to a three-year, $18 million deal. I thought this was a good a good sign by the Cavs. You know, they had the flexibility to do that. He just tore his ACL, but he was so great for them last year just as a point guard and as a vet that they wanted to keep him. And I think I, I think it's awesome that they gave him a three-year deal, even coming oh, yeah. off injury because of how great they think he's for the team. They also signed Robin Lopez and Raul Neto. Cavs have one of the best cores. They're probably a playoff team. Cavs are in a great spot going forward. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then the Warriors, although things weren't looking the greatest for them early on in free agency as they lost both Gary Payton and Otto Porter Jr., they did maintain Kevon Looney, which I thought was going to be scary because I thought that there was a chance that they lose him, but they got him on a three-year, $25.5 million deal. Great to get him back. He's so great for their system. And – they actually had a really good pickup, in my opinion, which was Dante DiVincenzo for two years, $9.3 million. Warriors are loaded. They're coming back, and they're going to be a threat in the West. Yep. And Dante DiVincenzo is a Warrior-type player. Yeah, he'll be great for them. So, you know, that's all we've seen to this point. We're very interested and, and can't wait to keep you guys updated on more that happens. But um, just a lot of stuff going on. I – don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a basketball junkie. I love watching the games. But the NBA is so entertaining, and the offseason can be so much fun as well sometimes. So this stuff is just as much this, – this stuff is just as much fun to cover as the games, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if you tuned in, thank you so much. Um, but with that being said, this is the end of episode 17 of the Coast to Coast podcast. We'll be back with you guys next Artlist week. I.O. See y'all.